3: Glad we got a chance to talk to Danny Farquhar, and there is an opportunity within this White Sox organization for Danny to bring everything that he has learned throughout his career from other organizations from different approaches and uh, I like the way he talked about his his kind of skill set experientially too, right having gone through what he has gone through and on many, many different levels pitching 's hard. It's the score, it's hit and run. It's Matt Spiegel here with you. Phone lines are open at 312-644-6767. Pitching's hard, just ask Kyle Hendricks. Absolutely brutalized yesterday. Um, 12 hits, 7 runs. He's got a 5.16 ERA and 12 starts on the road. It's, it's just, it's crazy. He's got a 1.98 ERA at home in 10 starts. And this, uh, this, this rotation is the strength. This is the strength of the Cubs, and it has been the strength of the Cubs in terms of their health, their reliability. Uh, All of them have made more than 20 starts, um, and really, for the most part, their success level. I mean, obviously, Darvish had a, a rough first half, or at least a first third of the year or so. His past 12 starts have been a lot better. Uh, past eleven starts, maybe it has been a lot better. Uh, Quintana has had some bad moments along the way, then some real good moments. Lester has had like three different seasons, maybe four now. Like if you trace his his game log of his starts, he was brilliant for like the first twelve, then things were really bad. Then he was really good again for a while, culminating in those seven shutout innings in Milwaukee uh, when they desperately needed it before the bullpen eventually blew that one up there in Milwaukee. And then, really, these last four starts have been rough. 7.36 ERA over the last four. Of course, that outing the other day uh, at Wrigley against Oakland will really color that one for you when you give up all of that. You, uh, it's difficult to imagine the Cubs surviving a rotation downturn, right? It, it's difficult to, to imagine surviving that because it has been the strength so much and it has really carried them. And, you know, I th- it is time for the offense to do some carrying, not so much the last two games. Really nice boost with Castellanos since he has, uh, has gotten here and what that offense has done. Yesterday, not so much. The lineup is out for today, and Jason Hayward is back there leading off, back in the leadoff spot. And one through five is exactly what it's been for a while now with uh, Baez fifth, and then Kyle Schwarber is in the sixth spot today. Uh, for the Cubs as they go against the Reds in about an hour, a little bit more than an hour right here on 670, the score. So Steve Ciszek just goes on the disabled list, right? Um, Steve Ciszek just went on the disabled list with a hip injury that had been hurting him for, quote, at least a few outings, unquote. And I don't know, it's difficult to tell, of course, Whether that hip injury was affecting Steve Ciszek over the last eight games, six innings pitched, 11 hits, four walks, seven earned runs, a 3.79 batting average against for Steve Ciszek, the OPS against of 1.279. This dude has had a great career and has been mostly very good for the Cubs, has been used and abused to the tune of 80 appearances last year and was in rough shape in August. And this year, he's over 50 appearances. I think it's at like 53 or something like that. And it sure has looked like he was tiring, but maybe he was hurting. And if he was hurting, why was he pitching? But, you know, a lot of times these injuries that come up, you know, Derek Holland... Pretty famously this year in San Francisco, flat out said that the Giants made up an injury to get him on the disabled list. I think that was for a roster move, and he was grumpy about that. A pitcher who's been struggling is much less likely to be grumpy about an injury fabrication, if that is, or a decision to just give him a break. And I, I lean towards that with c that you look at the stuff and the man could use a blow. The timing is, of course, unfortunate because you have no Kimbrel, you have no Kinsler. Right now, you have no Kyle Ryan. Uh, Strope is not uh, in late inning shape. So, but if they've decided that c or he has decided that he needs to take 10 days here and catch his breath because he's not been effective when he goes out there tired then so be it. It's, um, it's a potentially frustrating situation, but I'm talking myself uh, in and around it because so much of what goes on in bullpens is reliant upon what the pitcher tells the manager, what the pitcher tells the pitching coach. And as these guys are veterans and have been through the battles, have been through lots of years of... Uh, of, of knowing their bodies and being their best, their own best pitching coach and stuff like that, then you're relying on their opinion and their belief in themselves. The problem is that they get uber confident. I've talked about this before. C-Sheck and Strope specifically are guys who say, oh, no, I can go, I can go, you bet I can go, when it might not be their best stuff. So, look, if this is C-Sheck saying, you know what, it has been bothering me, then I kind of wish he said it earlier if this is C-Sheck and Madden and the brass saying, you know what, I think I could use a rest right now, let's do this, then that's great, and I'm fine with that. Even though your bullpen is thin, I'm fine with that, because I'd rather he gets the rest and is good from here on out than you put out a guy who's in danger of being bad and the problem exacerbating itself. But because of all those things that I mentioned, the state of the bullpen sure is weird. Rookie, 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 young guy, Uh, unproven converted starter, converted starter, converted starter. Alec Mills in that bullpen right now. Dwayne Underwood in that bullpen. Tyler Chatwood in that bullpen. Those are your converted starters. Uh, Rowan Wick is probably your closer. And, uh, you know, I mean, Derek Holland, converted starter out there. Bullpens are weird, and this one is certainly weird all year long for these Cubs. It's it's really it's 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 really, really bizarre to look out there at times and see, okay big, big moment. There's Chatwood and Holland warming up. I had that moment in Milwaukee. It was just like, wow, okay, yeah, well, because that's that's what you are. But you know what? I want them to be aggressive and they're doing it. I want them to seize a guy's effectiveness and throw it out there. I love the confidence in Rowan Wick. That breaking ball looks good when it comes out of that same tunnel as his high fastball. He's got the confidence and the makeup. They love that about him. Good. Use him. Did you find something in Dwayne Underwood? You might have. When they transitioned him to reliever at, um, at, at AAA, he had a rough first outing or two, and then something clicked right away, and he's been aggressive and very, very good. Get ball, throw ball. Go after it. And, you know, that's what he did his first couple times here, out with the Cubs, get ball, throw ball, go after it. And Underwood has done so. Struck out six that first time. I think struck out another one in his second time out. And here you are. If you have found these guys and you think you can trust them, then use them. You need a lead in order for us to, uh, to, to see which guys will be trusted when. But hopefully we get a lead so we can check that out. And I think Wick is probably going to be your closer. Some combination of Underwood, Chatwood, and Holland to get through the seventh and eighth. Say Lester goes sixth, and you've got and we've got a lead today, which is ambitious considering it's Luis Castillo. But yeah, Underwood, Chatwood, Holland, and Rowan Wick today. Welcome to August Baseball for your Chicago Cubs. It's the score. Um, anything else you want to discuss, we can do so on the phone lines at 312-644-6767. I told you I, there was a local angle for Aristides Aquino I want to get to as well. But first, let's go to the phones and uh, talk to Jay in Homewood on the score. Jay, what's up? You're on Hit and Run. Good morning.
4: Hey, I, hey, love your show, Matt. I got a couple of comments. Hey, um, uh, Renteria, you know, he'll probably, it'll be similar to what happened with the Bulls with Doug Collins and Phil Jackson came and he got all the glory. right? Uh, is a quality guy, uh, quality manager, but, you know, since our transition, the guy who's kind of moving up the ladder or, or getting a, their organization uh, in a respectable kind of uh, light, they're the ones who don't get the glory. So a guy will come in with a big name, and he'll take them over, over the top. But uh, you got to look at what goes on in the details and what goes on at the infantile stages. And I would say the socks are there. So Renteria's keeping them together. Uh, he's really inviting uh, some of the good prospects, Jimenez, and that in the shortstop, uh, that young guy is really good, uh, and how he navigates that and, and, and brings that fan base along. I hope people don't forget in three to four years when they're buying for a playoff spot, uh, kind of like Doug Collins and Phil Jackson. Phil got all the glory, but Doug Collins really kind of helped Pippen. He really kind of helped Grant and Michael work together, so you never forget that, Um you can also make the case for Walton and the Lakers, so I don't want to get back too much into baseball. I'm just trying to draw a <laughs> so well. Uh But John Lester, I love John Lester. Uh, great guy, great pitcher, uh, Hall of Famer in my book. I just hope that they can kind of persuade him to maybe be a middle reliever in the next year or two. Mm. Uh, he doesn't have the stuff, but he has the grit. He has the desire. Uh, great pitcher. I just know he's, you know he's on the other side of 30 uh, next year, so I'm just hoping they can kind of persuade him to be a middle reliever, um, I just hope because I don't want it to end badly for him. The guy is an amazing competitor, great career. Uh, I'll hang up and listen to your comments.
3: Thank you, Jay. Appreciate it. Lester's thirty-five. Um, Lester has had a phenomenal career. He has been declared finished several times over the last two and a half years. So I I can't I can't do it. I can't declare him finished. You saw him in Milwaukee. Um, give you seven shutout innings when he has pinpoint control, which he usually does, and he gets the call, the respect strike call on the outside corner against right handers that it stretches it a little, you know, maybe three, four extra inches, and he gets that call to go with his command. He can still be very, very effective. He is no longer an ace. He is no longer, um, you know, top quality stuff. Even though I say he's no longer an ace, he's still a guy I trust in a big game. This is not a guy I, I, I want to not get a start in the playoffs. I mean, depending on how things go, obviously, from here to there, if they do make the playoffs and only four of them are going are, are to be getting starts, I, I, I'm going to want John Lester to get a start. I mean, dudes, his postseason his postseason stats are legendary. And I know that he had better stuff. But you've seen him get by with lesser stuff. You have seen it. Overall, in, in nine different years, 17 series in the postseason, guy has an ERA of 2.51. That's 154 innings. He's given up 117 hits. In those 154 innings in the postseason. That's a whip of 1.019. Absolute stud in the postseason. You know that in the World Series overall with Boston and then with the Cubs, Guy has a 1.77 ERA over 35 innings in the World Series. A whip under one in the World Series. He has the intensity, he has the toughness, he has the mindset. To be very, very good again. Don't go giving up on John Lester. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, it's not. It, it's, it's just, it's too soon. I, I know, I know it's tempting to just give up and, and call him toast when you see certain outings like this. But he needs a little more rest. Sometimes you got to buy him an extra day every once in a while when the outing is short. that you can look at that as a blessing. And you know, here we are. I got a feeling you're going to see good stuff from John Lester today. Hold me to it if I'm wrong, and we continue down this horrific path of the truncated starts, not the truncated charts. So That's something that, that Dan McNeil said by accident when I was on their show the other day. That's a very different thing. You want those to be truncated. It's preferable that those are truncated. Starts, you don't want to be truncated. So if it's another shorty today, then, then call me out on it. But if, if he pitches well today, then remember that as well, because I think he's going to pitch well today. He, uh, he has been a full-on stopper at different points in his career. And, and even now, at 35, grizzled with uh, stuff in decay, he's as smart as they come and as tough as they come. He loves the cat and mouse game. And, and look... He has, he has aged pretty well, and, uh, and I am not calling him toast. I don't know who that guy would be who wouldn't get a start in the postseason. It's, it's tricky, isn't it? Might have to be mat uh, matchup-based. And is you, Darvish, your one? I mean, if he if he keeps pitching like this, where the stuff is this good, where he's throwing ninety seven and he's throwing strikes. I know he gave up the homers the other day, but my goodness, the the swing and miss stuff is there. The arm strength is there. The ability to go deep into games is there. You know, he's got he's got the look of a big money horse that you lean on in the postseason. I know there have been postseason troubles in the past, and you worry about the sensitivity of a Yu Darvish. But he is confident and calm and pitching very well so yes I am officially way ahead of myself and I don't care 312-644-6767 is the phone number phone lines are open if you want to dial it up and talk uh Cubs leading up to Cubs baseball this is Ron on the south side on 670 the score what's up Ron how are you
0: hey good We real quick you know speak. it's really kind of difficult to kind of project where the White Sox will be next year we you know, in these last four or five weeks when they kind of just fell apart. But prior to that, when Tim Anderson was playing pretty good, Yohan Mankala, to me, was playing the best baseball for the Sox. But with the injuries and really the just the horrific pitching, you know, so again, you know, with the injuries, uh, it, it, it's just kind of hard. But I want to ask you one quick question. Left field next year, you know Jimenez. More than likely, Robert will be in center. You got your shortstop the third base, Magical being second. So if you're looking at position players for next year, yeah. it pretty much leaves uh, right field. So my thing is I think the White Sox, if they make the move, like you said, it's going to be depend on how, what kind of move they make. I still think it's going to be um, pitching. And you're just going to hope that, um, that Robert and Magical, you know, are uh, is what they're projected to be. So maybe you can comment. What do you – think they'll look as far as making a move to improve the team next year. Okay, I, Matt.
3: Thank, thank you, Ron. Appreciate it. For sure, a big-time front-of-the-rotation starter. Um, maybe two starters. Although you have so many arms in the, in, in the system and guys coming back off TJ, and you know you're committed to Giolito and Cease. Lopez is showing you that maybe he could be a five. So you just go get one big starter, uh, I'm probably okay with that. You could... Find another guy um, like an Ivan Nova type as a possible sign and flip if you trust your pro scouting department, and that guy could be an innings eater along the way, and uh, and hopefully give you you know give you decency as as you contend. So certainly one starting pitcher and maybe two, and then I'm I'm not so sure uh, 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 what, what what the outfield is going to bring. There, there are some other guys down on the farm whether it's Adolfo or Rutherford or you might be dreaming of. In that, in that, in that other outfield position, I, there was an idea that Eloy could be a right fielder. I think we're seeing that's not the case. Go ahead and let the man be a left fielder until he is uh, potentially other things. But remember, you can you can move guys to the outfield. You can convert. But in terms of uh, of outfielders, you want J D Martinez if he opts out. You want to spend some big money on J D Martinez. You could. You know, could Anthony Rendon transition to the outfield? Would you dare ask Johan Moncada to transition to the outfield? You could transition, uh, you know, if you go out and get Rendon. Uh, you know, if you, but JD Martinez is not really a full time outfielder anymore. How about Yasil Puig, folks? Where are you on Yasil Puig? Because also, Adam Eaton is a free agent if you're interested. Look, there's lots of names. But the guy who you should want to go and go ahead, hand him right field. And if you're concerned defensively, you know, you'll have somebody to back him up as your defensive replacement. Go get Nicholas Castellanos, White Sox. Go ahead. Battle it out with the Cubs if you want. You have more money to spend, but you've watched that guy. You've got you've watched that guy kill you as a tiger. White Sox fans, you watched him kill you. And now you're watching him completely transform the feeling and, and possibilities for this Cubs lineup. That's what you're seeing. Go ahead. Go take Nicholas Castellanos off that free agent market. And if not him, maybe Marcelo Zuna. But again, he's, these are not defensive right fielders. What's hilarious is that Adam Eaton is available. So you go down that road. If you, if you'd really like, you'd go down that road again. Um, Make sure to get Todd Frazier back as well. If, if he, I don't know if he's a free agent, but if you're bringing Eaton, you, you gotta bring gotta bring Frazier. Six seventy. The score is where you are. Hit and run is what you're listening to. It's me, Matt Spiegel, here with you. So Aristides Aquino is one of those truly fun, explosive young player power stories that hits the league a couple times a year. Sometimes it's a guy that has been hyped forever, like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Or Bo Bichette, who comes up and absolutely kills it for the Blue Jays, as he is right now. Sometimes it is a guy like Aristides Aquino, who was a big prospect a couple years ago and then faded away a little bit and then redid his swing with the the assistant hitting coach uh, of the Reds and credits him. Um, I believe it's Eddie Collier is the name. But, but Aristides Aquino credits him in a big way, and now he's got this, this stance and this quietness of swing up there that made Joe Madden think of Eric Davis. I absolutely loved that because, man, did I love Eric Davis, one of those incredibly appetizing and exciting five-tool players who also had just tremendous power, the power and the speed. I think Eric Davis stole 80 bases one year and, and, and you know, had crazy power to go on top of it. But Aquino reminds you a little bit of him because he's got that big open stance and then he steps back in level and takes a very smooth, um, pretty quiet swing. And here's something to remember about Aristides Aquino is that he has been in the red system for eight years. He's 25 years old. He was signed as an undrafted free agent at the age of 17 out of the Dominican Republic For a signing bonus of $115,000. That's it, at age 17. Now, baseball is littered, littered with cheap, teenage, international signees who never develop. Okay, Who play in the minors for a long, long time. Maybe they get a cup of coffee uh, in the bigs, but it doesn't really work out. But there are also times... When a 17-year-old signed for 115 grand eight years ago, eight years later, turns into a guy who carries you for 10 games as you are fighting for a wild card spot, and that is Aristides Aquino, and that's why, when the White Sox traded some international spending money allotments to the Rangers, along with Nate Jones's contract so that the Rangers would pick up the payroll on Nate Jones. That's why a lot of White Sox fans reached out to me and were angry. And I understand. Because they traded some potentially real international spending money so the Rangers would eat some definitively real payroll money. And that's a million bucks. They gave up a million dollars in international free agent money. That money should be used to sign teenagers and hope one develops into – Adestides Aquino, or others. And it doesn't. might not be eight years. might be just a couple years. Maybe, maybe somebody turns into Fernando Tatis Jr. You know, you never know. Use that. Use that. Let's go to Darren on 670 The Score. Hello, Darren. How are you?
2: I was about to mention that name. I have somebody the White Sox really could use. Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh, that's right. We had him. Yeah. So I have, two, I have two questions for you. Uh-huh. Number one, do you think the Padres will ever stop laughing at the idea that anybody called them for James Shields for anything? <laughs> and number two, who in the White Sox organization has to be accountable for that? Because All of them. This, is a, guy, uh, uh, this uh, Darren... is a guy who is a generational talent for the next 10 years who has dealt with for literally for garbage.
3: Well, th- thank, thank you, Darren. I, I appreciate it. Well, it, uh, you know, the one thing you can take solace in is that that was the move that transitioned the White Sox out of the mode that they'd been in for so long and into the mode that they're in now. That was the move because the way that it worked out and Han kicking himself and everybody, you know, I, 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 will, I will always believe that that was the ammunition that you needed to get Rikon to say we are mired in mediocrity and go to the boss and argue and win the, uh, the conversation to get into rebuild mode that they are in, and it's going okay, and it's going to go better. So I know it's, it's crazy frustrating to see that dude as a, just an absolutely remarkable athlete who, if it's not him, it's Pete Alonso for National League Rookie of the Year, but Tatis is, is just amazing to watch. I, I agree, but just know that that was the transition. That was the transition. 670, the score is where you are. Um, text coming in. Jim in Lockport, uh, he said Castellanos as his free agent target. And Yasmani Grandal, interesting. Where are you going to play Grandal? Because McCann needs to be your catcher. I know that offensively you can be disappointed in in the direction of McCann, but... Man, I don't care what he does defensively, what he does as a game planner. That dude is playing for me. He is playing for me. And uh, Jim also said, uh, Eric Davis is his comp for Luis Robert? Really? I mean, is, is he that tall? He certainly is that fluid out there in center field. Let's go to Anthony in Bucktown on 670. The score, Anthony, you're probably last up on hit and run. What's going on?
2: Yeah, hey guys, thanks for having me. Love the show. Thanks. Um, real quick, just kinda wanted to piggyback on your comment about Lester is um, you know, I, I do think he's possibly takes the cake for the best free agent signing in Chicago sports mm-hmm. aside from maybe Marion Hosa. Right there. Um but yeah, absolutely. I mean what you what you talked about about how he's you know, he's not very overpowering. His his fastball tops out at ninety one but when he's got that cutter on the black and he's getting that call in the outside corner. He's going to be very effective, no doubt. He's going to get a lot of ground balls, some strikeouts for you, and a guy you need in the postseason. I totally agree. Uh, but for the Cubs, just being a fan and, you know, the, the frustration that brings you some time, that team, you look at the lineup and you see all that power in the lineup and those young players, just tons of talent throughout. I think I've just come to accept that they're such a streaky team. They're going to win a few games in a row, and then they're just going to get pummeled. And I just – you know, you, you shake your head. You wonder, like, how does this happen? But I just come to the fact that it's going to happen. I, I'm, I'm certainly just, you know, I'm not going to look into, into it too much and just going to say, hey, they got, they got pounded. It is what it is.
3: You it's will be mild. driven crazy. Anthony, thank <laughs> you. You will be driven crazy if you think about it and you try to get to the bottom of home road splits. They don't make any sense other than confidence and comfort. And that's, you can't quantify it. But that just uh, just is what it is. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for calling. Thank you for texting to Hit and Run this morning on 670 The Score. Thanks to Danny Farquhar of the White Sox and Chris Kamka from NBC Sports Chicago. And thank you to Zach Withers, doing a great job producing. Cubs pregame is next with my man Zach Zaiden. So keep it right here on 670 The Score. Have a terrific Sunday, everybody. I'll be in on Wednesday and Thursday hosting or, or, or yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday, hosting with Danny Parkins on The Neil and Parkins Show. Have a great day, everybody.
2: Call
0: from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
2: You have 47 new voicemails.